Hi there, Dr. Nick Liebisch here with scriptureandtradition.com. Thank you so much for watching. What I want to talk about in this little short video, this Bible Bite, is biblical numerology. Numerology is so much fun in scripture. You always hear of different preachers talking about how, or teachers talking about how this number means this thing, and, and, there's, and that, there's a reason for it, right? Because there's a certain lesson that's coming to us off the page, teaching us about God, our relationship with God. So what I wanted to do was talk about a few of the big numbers that always come up in studying scripture, clarify the biblical background, what they mean, what they don't mean, uh, because you, you might be surprised to hear there's some confusion out there. So let's just start with the number six. Six, everybody you know, talks about this number of evil. Students ask all the time, why is six the number of evil? Why is six the number of the beast? Because you get you know, six, 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 and you get the heebie-jeebies, you know, the chills down your spine. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the epitome of evil. And there's a reason for that. So let's go back to the creation account and understand why. On the sixth day, God created man and animals, man and beasts, okay? But he created both of them together on the sixth day, but the, the humanity, mankind, was created for the seventh day. So in order to stand six as the number of evil, let's first quickly look at seven. Seven is the number of the covenant. A lot of people say it's the number of perfection, completion, totality, and that's actually incorrect. Ten is the number of perfection, completion and totality. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But seven is the number of covenant. A lot of Hebrew scripture scholars talk about how, you know, when you swear a covenant oath with somebody, the Hebrew is you seven yourself. It's kind of really weird to think about that. But to swear a covenant with someone and whereby you become their family, you seven yourself, right? So Abraham and Abimelech, they have a covenant and they sacrifice seven lambs, for example. This is all very covenantal. It's perfection and completion if it's related to the covenant. So God creates man on the sixth day with the animals, but he creates uh, mankind for the seventh day to have covenant intimacy with God, to be God's children, okay, to have that Sabbath rest. So man can choose to accept this invitation to have this intimacy, this relationship with God symbolized by the seventh day, or he could reject it. So if he accepts his vocation to be God's children, he dwells with God with intimacy on the seventh day, but if he rejects it, he's no better off than the beasts. He's just like an animal, okay? Like a brute beast who has rejected his call. So six becomes kind of like a rejection of the seventh day, thereby becoming a symbol of evil because you're rejecting God's love, you're rejecting God's covenant. So you can understand six and seven together. They're kind of like mirror opposites in a certain extent, all right, or two, two opposite sides of the same coin or whatever. But seven is covenant, six is rejection of the covenant, and thereby it becomes the symbol of evil. So 666, the, 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 the big scary number, is really like a threefold six. Three often is a completion or totality in scripture, perfection, because it's a superlative, right? God is holy, holy, holy. He is holiness itself. So three kind of becomes perfection in that sense. So 666 is the epitome or a superlative, you could say, of evil. So Solomon, for example, in the Old Testament, he multiplied for himself 666 talents of gold, which was a major sin against God. And there's a whole other time we'll talk about why that is. But basically it's saying he's completely, totally turned his heart around or from God in pursuing wealth, which he should not have done. So that's why six is the number of evil. And that also explains why seven is the number of the covenant. So whenever you're reading scripture, you come across the number seven or a multiple of seven. There's always the covenant in the background. That's what the lesson is going on. So then the other thing that we want to talk about was 10. I said that 10 is the number of completion, perfection, and totality, not seven. Why is that? I'll give you some examples. Yes, we've got 10 fingers and 10 toes, absolutely. But in scripture, two examples for you. Let's look at the plagues. 
When Moses delivers Israel from Egypt, there are 10 plagues, not 11, not 9, not 6, not 7, but 10, because 10 is perfection, completion, totality. So the 10 plagues symbolize and demonstrate the complete, total, perfect destruction and defeat of Egypt, of Pharaoh, and all the Egyptians. They're completely powerless before Yahweh, and so they're utterly destroyed and perfectly, completely destroyed. All right, so 10 symbolizes that uh, victory over Egypt, perfect, total victory. Uh, also, you've got the Ten Commandments, not Eleven Commandments, not Eight Commandments, okay? It's Ten Commandments because these commandments are the perfect, complete, total um, embodiment of the natural and moral law that we're all created with. In our souls, we know it's wrong to steal and to murder. We must worship our one God. We must honor our parents and all the commandments. So what has been inscribed in our heart is now inscribed on the Ten, or inscribed on the tablets of stone there. So 10 symbolizes the, or the Ten Commandments, symbolizes the perfect, total, complete moral law, the natural law that we're all born with. And you got multiples of 10 as well. For example, 10 times 10 times 10, right? 10 cubed, uh, threefold 10, uh, which comes out to be a thousand, is like the total perfect, complete number of perfection, right? You got a thousand mentioned here and there in scripture as well. It's a multiple of 10, and that's the reason why. I'll, I'll also mention here really quickly the number eight. Eight is a really interesting number. Eight symbolizes new creation, all right, restoration, uh, new life, really. So if you go back to the Old Testament, on the eighth day, a Hebrew boy was circumcised. And it's on that day that he is incorporated into the family of Israel. If he's not circumcised, he is cut off, the divine pun, right? He's cut off from the family of Israel, the people of God. So on the eighth day, he's brought into God's family. He's brought into the nation of Israel, and he's kind of really a, a new life. He's a new creation, and that is symbolizing or pointing forward to typologically to baptism. You know, on the eighth day, uh, Jesus ro rose from the dead. Yes, he rose on the third day from, from Friday to Sunday. Um, but a lot of scholars and church fathers point out that Jesus also rose on the eighth day, the first day of a new creation. Okay, so you've got your first seven days of the first week, but on the on the first day of a new week, which would be chronologically number eight, hopefully that makes sense, Jesus rises from the dead because there's a new creation that's taking place through the resurrection. And then so in, in baptism, often in Catholic churches and often some other mainline Protestant denominations, you have baptismal fonts that are, that are designed with eight sides because we know that through baptism, we're made new creations. And baptism is the perfection, or I should say it's the fulfillment of circumcision in the Old Covenant, right? So eight is new creation. Eight is restoral or renewal of life. Okay, so let's really quickly do number 40. It's another number I wanted to share. 40 is a multiple of 10 times four. Four is an earthly number. Uh, so, for example, you've got the four corners of the globe, over the compass, never eat shredded wheat is how I learned it, right? Never eat. So, uh, north, east, south, west. You've also got the four elements that uh, people mention, uh, earth and water, air and fire. So four is very earthly. So, four times ten, ten being perfection and completion, pretty much is this period of purification, of trial and temptation and tribulation from our earthly attachments, from our earthly loves. So, in 40, you have so many examples of 40 in Scripture. All right, uh, Moses is up on the mountain for 40 days. Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, the spies were spying out the land for 40 days. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so 40 teaches us, and so it comes into our period of Lent, 40 days of Lent, because we're supposed to be perfectly, completely, totally purified of our earthly loves, right? So purification, trial, tribulation, 
exists during this time so that way we love God more than we love anything else. All right, that's why 40 is so significant, purifies us from earthly attachments and loves, okay? So I think that covers pretty much all the major ones that I wanted to quickly go over. Uh, three, six, seven, what do we do? Eight, 10, multiples of that, so 40, 1,000, etc. I really hope this helps. Now, this always comes up in classes all the time, and so I just wanted to put this little video together sharing, you, sharing with you the big ones. So God bless you, thank you so much. Come visit me at scriptureintradition.com. And if you like this video, do me a favor, follow me, uh, subscribe, and a like and comment. I'd appreciate it. We'll see you on the next video. God bless you.